This is James, and I'm a big-ass runner from Ohio, where I like to jump over roots and run from danger noodles in the beautiful Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Welcome to the Big Ass Runner Podcast, where we entertain and encourage trail runners from all over the world. Now here's your host, the fantastic Clydesdale, Jeff Harrell. Well, thank you, James, for that amazing introduction. As James said, my name is Jeff Harrell. This is the Big Ass Runner Trail Running Podcast, episode number 178. We have a little bit different show for you today. As many of you know, we did not have an episode last week for the first time ever since we launched back in July of 2020. And it's because there was a loss in my extended family. And I wanted to talk about that today. Talk to you. I feel like the Big S Runner Herd is family. And so I wanted to share a little bit about what happened and more so what I've been learning going through this because we all go through loss. It is part of life. It is a reality of life. And oftentimes it it makes us stop and think and consider and ponder. And I've done a lot of that lately. So I wanted to share some of the things that I have been thinking through that I think will hopefully make me a better person long-term. And I just wanted to share with you. So it's really a one-segment show. We normally do two segments. It just didn't feel right to do a more of a lighthearted second segment. And I hope this isn't a depressing one. I think it's hopefully it's more uplifting and contemplative and blesses all of you because I've just been giving life a lot of a lot of thinking lately and I wanted to share it with you. But first, I did want to say and recognize how amazing this big ass runner community is when we announced on Instagram that we would not have an episode because of a loss in the family. I heard from so many people. I recognize some of you are hearing for this for the first time because you don't have Instagram and I totally get it. You're definitely off the hook. Don't need to have social media. In fact, I think a lot of times that's better. But many of you reached out with direct messages, with emails, with text messages, several folks. I mean, it was just overwhelming. And I and I so appreciate it. It has been quite a time, the last really two weeks. Again, I'll walk you through the timeline. And I just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for all of you who reached out. Thank you for all of you who have concern, been praying for my family, for been praying for myself. Truly appreciated. I think you always appreciate community, but you recognize how important and amazing it is when you go through some tough times because man, it is life is too hard to go through tough times by yourself. I think many of you guys know I'm a I'm a Christ follower and he modeled this with tw- the 12 disciples he went through life with. And it's so important to have that community, those people alongside you. I'll call a lot of those people out as I talk through what what had happened and and how we processed it and, and some of the really kind of sweet things that happened along the way. But thank you. Thank you for the amazing way that you care. It means so much, and I truly, truly do appreciate it. 
But with that, let's get going on this very special episode of The Big Ass Runner. I want to walk you through what happened. I've got a very close family. I'm the oldest of five. And it's myself, then my sister Jennifer, my sister Jill. And then I have twin brothers that are 11 years younger than me, Jared and James. And we've all been very close over the years. And it's a blessing to have a close family. I know a lot of people don't have that blessing. I, I don't take it for granted. And it is something that over the years, I've just come to probably appreciate more and more as I get older. It is just just a, a blessing in my life. And so we're all very close. We're all married. We all have kids. We all live within 30 minutes of each other. And that's a blessing too. Every Christmas we get together at my parents' house, now my younger brother Jared's house because he's got more a little bit more room. There's so many of us with kids and now grandkids. It's been a huge, huge blessing. And one thing I told my sisters, you can marry whoever you want. I've got a few criteria. One, you, they need to love the Lord. Two, they need to love you. Three, they need to be funny because we can't have anybody in the family that's not funny. And four, their name cannot be Jeff. That's the four rules. You can date whoever you want as long as they fit in those criteria. Well, my middle sister, Jill, has always been a little bit more independent. She's amazing. And she married a Jeff. I had to get over it because he is amazing. But she married a Jeff. And she was the first to get married. In fact, she got engaged on her on the way to her high school graduation and got married in 1991 and has been married for now 32 years. And Jeff had in the last several years been showing some symptoms, his health kind of faltering a little bit. First it was a low blood pressure and then he'd have almost some, some fainting type of episodes and, Thought it probably had to do with the low blood pressure and just some interesting things. He stopped playing golf. He didn't feel comfortable over golf ball. He was an all-American golfer at the University of Oklahoma, won a national championship at Oklahoma while he was there. Huge college football fan, huge Oklahoma Sooner fan. So when he stopped playing golf, this is probably four years ago, my sister knew there's something doesn't that doesn't seem right because he's, he's played golf his whole life was actually a professional golfer earlier in their marriage. So there's just some signs and it started to get a little worse. And so they started to seek out a diagnosis and over a period of time, they'd go see different doctors and Jeff continued to kind of progress in his symptoms. And they ruled out things like ALS. They ruled out, things like Parkinson's, uh, but Jeff knew something was wrong. He knew something wasn't right. And this has been going on for a few years. And then finally back in August 
of this year, they got a diagnosis that we did not want to get. And he had something called multiple systems atrophy, MSA. It's very rare. I think there's about 15,000 cases in the United States. Pretty rare condition, but terminal, unfortunately. And one of those situations where they said, hey, he's got three to six years to live. That's a tough blow. That was a tough blow for my sister. She's super strong. Tough blow for the family. Tough blow for all of us. And Jeff took it pretty well because he knew something was wrong. He knew something probably pretty serious was wrong. And that was the that was the diagnosis. And this was in August. And you know, we thought, well, three to six years. If you read up on this condition, not so different than Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, in that your mind stays very sharp your body fails, your systems, your multiple systems atrophy, they deteriorate. And it can be tough if you, you know, when you get a diagnosis or you have a family member get a diagnosis, one of the first things you do is you Google it and read up about it. That can be very difficult because a lot of times you're hearing worst case scenarios, but man, it was a tough, tough road that they were going to be facing over the next three to six years. And it's hard. It was very hard. I shared a little bit of the show, I think several episodes ago about going through kind of a tough diagnosis, but, but there it was. And you try to deal with it, right? You try to figure out the best way to handle it, best way to support Jill and Jeff. Well, then a week ago, Tuesday, I was having dinner with a friend and I got a phone call and Jeff had had cardiac arrest. Jill had had to give him CPR. The paramedics came very quickly, rushed him to the emergency room, didn't have a pulse. And they were able to get a pulse back and resuscitate him. He had a second cardiac arrest on the way to the hospital, right at the hospital, can't remember which. Ran to the emergency room. Jeff was an only child. Got to see his parents and Jill and my brothers and sisters all came up there. And he spent the next week in ICU as they stabilized him. And they do some interesting things. They cool the body down. Whenever you resuscitate someone, I guess you cool the body temperature down for 24 hours. And then you warm back up and hope to see you know, certain things, but end of the day, bottom line is he, he did not make it and it was hard. Certainly still is. It was a tough week hanging out in the ICU, trying to be as supportive as you can, but it was tough. It was very, very tough. And again, the community is amazing. The number of people that came by and brought food and hugs and just to be with my sister, they would just come and sit. It was amazing. It was really, really cool to see during a very, very difficult time. And I was not able obviously to go to the Lake Murray race. We'd been promoting that as a, a meetup and I apologize to anybody that was out there. I'm sure you had a great time. We're going to do a recap, I believe next week on that race. But 
obviously family first and there was no place I would rather be than, than there uh, monitoring the situation and just being there for, for the family. Had an amazing celebration of life that following Sunday. That's why we didn't have an episode uh, last week and amazing turnout. We had, we had it at my church and we thought 400, we had a little kind of a secondary area where we do, do different you know weddings and things. It's just a little smaller. It's not the big, got a pretty big church. It's the huge sanctuary. We had it in a smaller secondary area and it's got 400 seats. We, Jill thought oh, that'd be, that'd be plenty of room. Well, it wasn't there was standing room only. It was, it was an amazing blessed event. And I got the opportunity to say a few things. It was amazing. My brother-in-law, who married my other sister, spoke and was just incredible, just celebrating a life well-lived. And that's the thing that you've got to remember is, and you always think about the loss, but you also want to just remember the, the the beauty of the time that you got and the impact that Jeff had on the family and his two boys. It's really, really amazing. And so through this, I've just been processing and learning and hopefully growing as a person. And I know all of you listening have experienced loss from time to time. Like I said at the beginning, this is not unique to us at this point in time. This is part of life, and I think it helps us grow and learn and become better. And I want to talk about some of the things I've learned, but before I do that, I want to share something my wife wrote on Facebook. She is a gifted writer. And I think what she wrote about this whole situation, it was right on the money. She said, family is a gift. I received the bonus of the very best sisters and brothers an embarrassment of riches. Together over the last 30 years, we've welcomed babies, celebrated milestones, shared holidays and vacations, lived and laughed and loved with careless extravagance. And now we've experienced our first devastating loss. Jeff Lee was my brother by marriage, a quick wit, a hilarious storyteller, a kind soul, a good man, and most fundamentally, a man who loved his family well and with his whole heart. We grieve his loss, but not as those without hope, because we know we will see him again. That nailed it. That's exactly the sentiment. And <laughs> we've we've had some amazing times. And this is our first devastating loss. And know we'll have more. But I really wanted to reflect on this and, and just evaluate what what I'm learning and what I'm pondering. So I've got six things I want to share with you and I know loss is not unique to us. I know many of you listening have have and will, and all of us will experience loss from time to time. But these are the six things I'm pondering right now. Hopefully it is helpful. Number one, evaluate how you spend your time. I think when you're faced in moments like this and you've, you know, I got the opportunity to welcome everyone at the celebration of life and you see the people and the impact that you had on others, you you start to go, man, how am I spending my time? Am I spending my time? Because time is a gift. We don't know how much we have. 
Jeff thought he had a whole life ahead of him. Then he gets a diagnosis. And he thinks he's got at least three to six years and he does not. So how are you spending your time? Are you doing the things that matter? Are you doing the things that impact others? Are you doing the things that maybe have eternal value? That's number one. How am I spending my time? Number two, do the thing. (laughs) What I mean by that is don't wait for, well, when we only do this or when we retire, we'll go do that. Man, live life. Do the thing. Make that phone call to someone that you haven't talked to in a while. You know you need to. Go on that trip. Go have lunch with that person. Go, Just do the thing. You can almost... I had, a, had another friend, a roommate, pass away earlier this year, and he had moved to California. I said, you yeah, know, I, I need to reach out to Todd. T.Y. was this. We went by T.Y. the nice guy. I need to reach out to Todd. Well, I didn't, and it's too late. So do the thing. Make that phone call. Write that letter. Go on that trip. Do the thing. Number three, cherish the moments. This is something I used to be, I think, better at than I am now. And I'm hoping to get better at again. And that is just cherishing the moments. There are so many amazing moments, especially if you're looking for them. What I didn't didn't tell you is that Jeff has two boys and his oldest is getting married this weekend. And we're going to cherish that. We're going to cherish that moment. We're going to cherish the celebration, the Rehearsal dinner, the wedding, the dancing, we're going to cherish that because you just don't know how many you have. And life is made of these amazing moments if you look for them and you cherish them. Soak it in. Cherish those moments. Fourth thing I'm really learning and thinking about is how can I serve others? It was, like I said, amazing to see people coming together to serve Jill and her family. A couple of examples that you guys would resonate with. Marcy Baser put on the, pretty much grabbed the reception after the celebration of life that we had on Sunday. And she put together an entire reception with Jeff's favorite things and coffee and the whole thing. He was a big OU fan. So they had, Decorated it up with OU stuff. It was it was amazing. And got movie popcorn. He was a big movie buff and loved movie popcorn and milk duds and all that. She put it all together and put on that reception. It was amazing. I found, and I, I think this is true in trail running too, running an aid station, crewing somebody, pacing. I sometimes feel like you get more fulfillment when you serve others, when you put someone else ahead of yourself, it is, it's quite amazing. And I just thought, how can I better serve others? I got to see it demonstrated in a very tangible way these last two weeks. How can I serve others? The fifth thing is love wholeheartedly. 
one of the things that marked Jeff's life, he was hilarious, as you heard me say in Allison's note, quick-witted, funny. But as Jill was talking about their marriage, I had never once heard Jill say anything negative about Jeff. They had what Jill describes as an like a, an amazing, amazing marriage, and they loved each other wholeheartedly. They loved their boys wholeheartedly. And sometimes that means being vulnerable. Sometimes that means extending yourself, getting uncomfortable, saying the thing that needs to be said. But how can we love wholeheartedly? And last but not least, love the people right in front of you. What I mean by that is I think sometimes we think about, well, you know, someday I want to go you know, to to a mission trip in Africa or, you know, I wanna, and by the way, these are good things. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I've done a lot of work at an orphanage in Mexico. These are all good things. But you hear stories about, you know, even pastors of churches who who love the people in their church, but they don't. They don't even serve their own family. And I want, I want to make sure I'm not doing that. Love the people right in front of you. That can look like getting gas. Maybe you're getting a pack of gum at a convenience store or saying a kind word to someone behind the counter who maybe has been pulling a, the night shift to feed the kids or something. You don't know. You don't know what's going on inside of people. When someone, this is one for me, when someone cuts me off, Hey, maybe they're late to go to, maybe they're rushing to the hospital because they got a, a phone call. You just don't know. Just love the people right in front of you. That's your family, your friends, the people that you come in contact with on a daily basis. What if we just love the people we came in contact with on a daily basis? Person that cuts your hair. Hey, you get, that was a, that's a great haircut. Thank you so much. I think sometimes we just, Forget about those people that are right in front of us and we're looking towards those people that are far away. But man, it's not an either or. Let's let's do both. Let's love the people right in front of us. Let's go serve on those trips or those charities. And a lot of you you have a heart for for different charities and things. But man, love the people right in front of you. Well, I hope this isn't a a bummer of an episode. I hope hope it's more uh, contemplative and in some ways inspiring because I have a kind of a new perspective, I think, on life having gone through this and still processing and still going through this. And man, just cherish the people in your life. Cherish those moments. Evaluate how you spend your time. Do the thing. Cherish the moments serve other people, love wholeheartedly, and don't forget about the people that you come in contact with right in front of you. Well, there you go. That is what I'm learning through this situation. And again, I just want to say thank you so much to the Big S Runner Herd for the kind words and messages and prayers and all the things I've heard from so many of you. What a true blessing it is.
Well, hey, thanks for listening to episode 178. I know it's a little different than the normal episode. We'll be back next week. We've got an awesome recap of Lake Murray. While I wasn't there in person, I had someone there getting some awesome audio, like a correspondent, so to speak. You'll find out more about that next week. And we've got some fun things planned. So join us again next week for episode number 179. Well, with that, get out there, hit those trails, and keep running your asses off. <laughs>